Thanks for downloading episode 66 of the Shrimps Verdict podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. On the right-hand side, the Morecambe left is going to be chipped in right-footed towards the edge of the six-yard box where the head went up and it's headed narrowly wide and Connor Ripple is left-hand post by John Dardy Bobartson. Yeah, it was uh, the, the Bolton fans in and around us here thought it was in. It must have been close, but uh, a bit of a let-off there for Morecambe. Bolton could be in here down this left-hand side, cross comes in, it's going to be headed over the bar at the back post by Connor Bradley. Of John Abika. That should have tried to go round his man and that breaks down. But for a half a second there, Morecambe were in, but more great defending out on the edge of the strength penalty. We'll come back to that in a second because here come Wanderers once more. Another slide draw pass. Kachunga inside the penalty area slips him into John Dardy Bobartson. Great tackle from Delaney. He's going to fall out for the man at the back post. And Bolton Wanderers have finally taken the lead six minutes before half time. The resolve is broken, we've defended so, so, so well for so long. I think it was Connor Bradley with the final touch there at the back post. First shot was blocked, it fell to the Bolton man at the back stick. And from about six yards out, he sends a right-footed effort past Connor Ripley in the 40th minute to make it Bolton Wanderers 1, Morecambe nil. Yeah, I think it's, uh, they were shouting for the penalty in the first phase of play there. Didn't see too much of that one, but the ball eventually falls into the back stick, and it's one of those that you fully expect. They keep trying, they keep trying. Morecambe defending so, so well up until that point, but ultimately the ball falls to uh, to the bottom man at the back stick, unmarked, and just manages to slot home from close range. And for the way Morecambe have been defending up until this point, do they deserve to be behind? I'd say no. The scorer, Connor Bradley, switches out towards this left-hand side, Elias Kachunga just up against Donald Love, plays it towards the edge of the area, Bolton urges to shoot, oh, and, well, slightly flappy there from Connor Bradley, uh, from uh, Connor Ripley, down to his left-hand side, but just about got the job done, and palms it behind quite awkwardly for another corner, and this is a good chance for Ash to, to whip a decent ball in towards the edge of the Bolton Wanderers penalty areas, just past the midway point in the Bolton Wanderers half wide out on this right-hand side. As the wind whips up once more, as you can probably hear from the effects microphone here at the Unibot. Whistle goes. Free kick whips in. It's a good one as well, and it's headed narrowly wide by Ryan Delaney. Inches away. What a ball in from Ashland, so that was. Incredible delivery, wasn't it? Just to pick out the head of Ryan Delaney and how much would he have loved the goal wow. against his former side, but a really big opportunity. Those are the opportunities we were talking about, Dave. Referee happy, it's going to be whipped in by Morley towards the back post, and Ripley did the right thing there, I think, in punching it clear. It comes to Dempsey on the edge of the area, and his shot is wild, and Wanderers with a free kick 25 yards out, just left of centre. 
Referee happy. Maul is going to whip it towards the top corner, and that's a good tip over the bar by Connor Ripley. Yeah, it, is, it looked a little bit central to me, but one of those that's certainly dipping and could well have uh, just gone under the uh, under the crossbar. So uh, no nonsense goalkeeper from, uh, from Connor Ripley, and he does well just to get a, a strong palm on the ball to send it behind for a corner. Bolton down the right-hand side. Dempsey's going to keep that in. He's going to cross it from the byline. It's headed here. Oh, just wide by Amadou Bakayoko. I thought the net was going to bulge there. Ripley rooted to the spot at the back post. Great cross from Dempsey. The substitute Bakayoko rising high his six yards out. And he's put it wide of the post. And that's the third header of the game, isn't it? That's just so narrowly wide. Agonisingly close for Bolton Wanderers. Bolton trying to play the offside trap. Chip towards the penalty spots. Farron Rawson with the header. Couldn't get the power on it. And it's an easy save for Trafford. Referee Anthony Backhouse puts his whistle to his lips. And it's defeat on the road for the Shrimps here at the University of Bolton Stadium this evening. They've been defeated by Ian Evans, Lily White's by a goal to nil. Connor Bradley with the only goal of the game after 39 minutes. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps Verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, I thought it was a very good performance from us tonight. It was probably one of our best performances coming here. Uh, I think that um, the way we passed the ball, we retained possession. And, uh, you know, the chances that uh, we did have in the game, uh, we were unfortunate not to have, you know, come away with uh, a a draw and uh, maybe uh, even a win. But, uh, you know, tonight they've had an opportunity in the 18-yard box in the first half and, and being able to scramble a goal in. There wasn't many chances in the game, was there? And uh, it was probably a bad time for them to score for you, just six minutes to the break. Yeah, I mean, we had um, we got in good areas in that first half and probably around the halfway line, we gave a couple of balls away where we could have broke the line. We could have got ourselves into uh, a better position higher up the pitch and uh, we'd have opened up Bolton. But, uh, you know, I think that we looked, you know, very organised. Uh, tactically, we were very good because, you know, Bolton have beaten Wickham Wanderers here 3-0 uh, in the past, but they didn't have many opportunities to score tonight. And uh, we were unlucky with Ryan Delaney's header just into the second half that went, uh, you know, past the upright. And uh, I think maybe... Uh, Rawson had another opportunity from a header as well Looking at your defence overall again it looks really really solid compared to last year Yeah we have to be you know this is a difficult league to play in and uh, you know for us at this moment in time uh, just in that forward areas we're maybe not getting the right pass uh, at the right time Um, we're giving the ball away when we really shouldn't but uh, we've got to remember you know we're only a new team we're four games into the season um, we've shown how well we can play against the top teams in this league. You know, we've had to go away to difficult places like Peterborough and Bolton tonight, and uh, you know we have shown up well. Yeah, just that final third, it just a bit lacking at times. Yeah, I mean that's always going to be the case. If you look at you know the, the options that they have, you know the, the amount of money that they've been able to to generate because of the crowds that they have here, it, it's only natural that um, you know they're going to have you know a bigger squad. And you know tonight we've lost Max Melbourne it looks like you know he's picked up a, a serious injury so we're going to miss him you know we've got Courtney Duffus out with a long term injury from last season when he was on loan at Stockport so that's going to you know make us you know weaker uh, uh, as a squad I did see Max go down it looks particularly painful was it his hamstring? We're not sure yet but um, you know he was uh, taken away in a stretcher we're going to assess you know what the 
issue is. But, you know, I thought my players tonight, you know, really worked hard. We were the team in that last 15 to 20 minutes going for the win. You know, Bolton were hanging on uh, at the end. The ball boys were taking their time uh, in the stands to get the ball back. Their goalkeeper was. So it's just natural that, uh, you know, when you have that... Um, amount of pressure on a team coming away from home you are disappointed that you haven't been able to get a goal Again I have to ask you no call Stockton is, is he still officially ill? He is yes Any chance of moving for Saturday that he might be back hopefully? <laughs> We're unsure yet but uh, you know the physiotherapist and the, uh, will keep me informed John O'Beaker starting up front again it must be hard for him to come into it he's not played that much football and it needs a lot of work for a man in his position in, in the way your teams play. Yeah, I mean, I think it's difficult because, um, you know, when we, you know, tonight we're playing with, you know, three up front and uh, he has played his first 90 minutes on, on Saturday. He's had to play 70 minutes tonight. It's, that's not easy. And, uh, you know, just because the squad that we have is very tight um, at this moment in time, we obviously can't do any business uh, until uh, players go out. But, uh, you know, I thought he worked very hard today along with, you know, Ash Hunter. Uh, Arthur behind them and they obviously the midfield had to work hard because Bolton you know do move the ball well Finally Jacob Bedell made his second debut for you uh, how do you think he did tonight? Yeah I, th- I thought that you know I, I was really pleased with everyone in the team tonight I think that you know the back line uh, kept Bolton very quiet um, they didn't uh, concede many opportunities to them uh, throughout the 90 minutes and uh, you know that was really pleasing well, Liam, a 1-0 defeat tonight. No lack of effort from your size, but you just couldn't get back in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, like you said before, there's, the effort was the effort and application was brilliant from the lads. I just think it just lacked that bit of quality on the night. The final third seems to have been really hard for you to get right this year, and that probably was the case again tonight. Um, yeah, I think so, but I think that's just as a collective. It's not just the attackers, I think. That starts from us at the back as well, but I just think that... Um, even tonight, I just think we could have done with a bit of luck. Even like a, I don't know, like a mistake, but you win some, you lose some. Defensively, again though, you do look so much more solid. Yeah, even from even from last season, I think I think we do. I think we'll see in the set the lads in the dressing room. We do look a lot, a lot more solid, even like the likes of set pieces and that as well. But I just think that if we just keep on applying ourselves well, like we did tonight, I think um, I think it's going to come with three three points. Still looking for your first win, just the one goal in the four games. But we keep saying this that the signs are promising, but you just need to now break into that next step. Yeah, I think I, I think none of us are worrying now. We're only four games in. I think, like you said, there is there's some positive signs. We're showing we're showing good application. I think, um, like you said before, the efforts there. I just think we just need to tidy up a bit. I think the quality just needs to get a bit better. But I think we're only working that in training. Hopefully. Uh, we'll start picking up some points and what about yourself left back centre back midfield you seem to be the man for all seasons at the minute um, I, don't, I don't mind as long as, long as I'm playing in the team and I'll, I'll play anyway I'll play a goalkeeper if it, if it means to get a game but um, no I enjoy it I don't, I don't mind playing playing centre mid or centre back but obviously my preferred position is left back but wherever Gaffer asks us to play I'll, I'll play and sadly due of course to Max Melbourne's injury which did look bad you may end up back at left back soon. Yeah, um, obviously, and you never really want to see um, a teammate get injured. Um, it's it's obviously sad to see, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm not sure, not sure if, I, if I'll move back into left back, but obviously it probably looks that way. You sound quite optimistic. Is, is the full dressing room still that same feeling? 
Yeah, hundred percent. Every, every, everyone's everyone's hundred uh, percent focused for Foxford on Saturday. I think if our play ourselves like we did tonight, I think we can uh, we can get a positive result. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thanks for your company this episode and thanks for tuning in to our latest matchday commentary on Shrimps Live. We really appreciate it. If you are a subscriber, thank you so much. Don't forget to click the bell icon as well uh, so you can be notified of when new episodes appear via Google, Apple or Spotify. And every single episode is also available uh, via our website, beyondradio.co.uk. I am on holiday for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be leaving you in the very capable hands of Matt Horton. He's going to be commentating on our two league games coming up away at Oxford on Saturday and MK Dons uh, a week on Saturday. And the equally fabulous Johnny Crowther is in the chair for our cup games uh, next Tuesday away at Rotherham and then the Tuesday after that in the Papa John's Trophy against Everton under-21s. Matt Smith from the Shrimps media team uh, will be alongside both Matt and Johnny. Johnny and I will see you back for Shrimps Live on the 3rd of September away at Bristol Rovers. We'll still be doing the podcast. Uh, I'll be doing it live from, well, from poolside or my hotel room. So you can't quite get rid of me entirely. And of course, I'll be watching the games uh, from holiday on iFollow as well, which I'm really, really looking forward to. So please give Matt and Johnny a very warm welcome. They will really appreciate your company. Uh, Now, a massive game for the Shrimps. Coming up on Saturday, the Kassam Stadium at the destination for Derek Adams' men. Oxford United, they've had a bit of a mixed bag of a start to the new League One season. Ahead of the game, I've been talking to Jack Schumark. Jack is one of the presenters of the Tamana podcast. I need to say that in a Yorkshire accent. The Tamana, you get my drift. Uh, search for them on uh, all the usual places and on social media. It's a proper fans pod and Jack, a serious supporter of Oxford United to get the full lowdown on Carl Robinson's men ahead of our trip there this coming Saturday. So Jack, thanks for jumping on our podcast. Really appreciate your time. Before we start uh, about uh, the individual teams and the game coming up on Saturday, give us the plug for the Tamana podcast. What is it all about? How did it come about? What do we need to know? Um, yeah, so basically, Tamana Podcast is a group of Oxford United fans who do live or have lived in Yorkshire, um, hence the name T- Manor. So that comes from on all the grounds, the Manor grounds, and um, that's much missed. Um, and yeah, basically, we were all once upon a time based in Yorkshire, liked to chat about Oxford United and thought, why don't we record it? Turned out some people quite like listening to us discuss pointless drivel. Um, and yeah, here we are, three seasons later, still going strong. So yeah, we're we're on we're on Twitter and all the usual Spotify and podcast places. And um, yes, yeah, that's us. So why, if you're in Yorkshire, Jack, why Oxford United? Um, so uh, yeah, I was born in Oxford. Um, we moved up to York when I was eighteen months or so. And at the point that I became interested in football, my dad basically gave me the option of supporting Oxford, because that's where I was born, or supporting York, because that's where we lived. Um, at the time, uh, Oxford were a bit better than York. Um, and over time, it's proven to be the right decision, um, although being at school uh, with York fans was quite an interesting proposition when we were both in the conference. So, 
Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a strange tribe. A lot of people don't understand it. I'm, I'm now with Derby, um, so obviously I've Derby supporting colleagues and friends, family. So um, yeah, I'm always flying the yellow flag wherever I am, and it's been it's been an experience. <laughs> I bet it has. <laughs> so let's talk about matters on the field then, Jack, if we may, and. In terms of the life of an Oxford United fan, it's been last few years. It's been pretty good, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you'd like to think so. I mean, I think it's been pretty good without ever quite peaking, in the sense that obviously we've got to a playoff final that we pretend never happened, and um, we've got to a playoff semi that we pretend never happened, um, and then last year obviously we kind of fell away in our few games. So, I mean. The team is exciting to watch. The style that we play is exciting. You know, it's worth paying your money, putting the miles in to go and watch the side. But it's always kind of got close to peaking, but never quite got there. And you do wonder if eventually we're going to have a season where it's less exciting. Well, I suppose under Carl Robinson, you know the style of football that he wants to play. You know the quality of the players that he wants to be involved with. So I suppose as long as you've got those two things... You're always going to have a chance, aren't you? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, I think last year we scored 82 goals. You, know, you were going to games expecting to score and, and be entertained. Um, although the number of times we kind of won 3 2, 4 3 probably wasn't too good for some heart rates across the fan base. But, you know, it, it, it is nice to know that you can travel to a game and expect to be relatively entertained. Although um, I think most soccer fans would agree that there's there are some areas of weakness that are kind of almost staple in the side now. That, that's quite frustrating. We'll come on to that in a second, Jack. Last season, we had two interesting games between the two teams. At, at the Kassam, you were comfortable winners on the day, but then towards the end of the season, you, you mentioned falling away out the playoff picture. Us beating you on that night in the middle of April, essentially went a large part to keeping us up and went a massive way to preventing you from getting in that top six. Yeah, the, the away game on Tuesday night kind of, yeah, it wrote off our playoff chances, really. Um, and it, it rather summed up that final eight, eight to ten games that, you know, I remember Trevor Carson made an absolute worldie of a save and the final saviors from, from Sam Winnell. We'd missed two, three glorious chances and, I think we felt that the goals that, that you guys scored were kind of preventable. I think one was a deflection that kind of bounced up and went in. You just think, oh, it's one of those nights. And and that rather summed up the final few saves of the season. It, it was all ifs, buts and maybes. But, you know, at the end of the day, we taken eight points from your final eight games when you're chasing the playoffs. Just not you enough. Know, it's not going to be enough, exactly. So a new season. Uh, now, slight caveat here, Jack, we are speaking before our respective games on, on Tuesday night. Uh, we've got our feisty clash against Bolton. Uh, you are at home to Lincoln City. But uh, based on the three league games so far, you've had three very tight affairs, haven't you? All three games ending 1-0 either way. How, how has the start to the season been? Um, indifferent is, is, is probably uh, the word. I mean, we, we've probably seen the best and the worst of a Carl Robinson not with United over three games already. So Derby, we played pretty well given the occasion. Obviously, it was their first game back as a kind of saved club. It was a sellout, et cetera, et cetera. 
And we were, we were, you know, we played well, we were in the game. And then we kind of got caught whether we were going to go and try and win the game or hold out for a point. Um, and, you know, we got kind of stuck in that. Are we, are we pressing to attack or are we sitting? And eventually a mistake um, led to Conor Hurrihan being given loads of space on the edge of the box. And if you give an international player space on the edge of the box, he's going to punish you. So that, that was a frustrating one. Cambridge at home was kind of a last grab. Nicked it 1-0 with a, with a debutant uh, youth team and scoring a great goal. Um, I think Cambridge fell hard done by, but they'd not create, you know, didn't have a shot on target in the game. So um, they can feel hard done by, but they're not particularly good enough to win it themselves. We've maybe done enough, but again, a point might have been fair. And then Bristol Rose on Saturday, I think, can best be described as a bit lackluster. Um, we we never do particularly well at the Memorial Ground, Memorial Stadium, but I don't, I don't know. It just there was a lot there was lots of pretty passing, and this is what I touched on earlier. We kind of saw the worst of our style of playing that we had a lot of possession but didn't really create anything. We missed one absolute sitter at one nil, and then didn't really create anything else. Um, and that is an area of our game that can become really frustrating for the fan base. You know, it's all very well getting the ball down and playing, but we've got to score goals to win games and you know, can pass the ball across the back 400 times, but if it's getting the near the opposition goal, it, you know, it's kind of irrelevant. So, yeah, a bit of an indifferent start, which we're used to now. We, you know, we, we don't take many points from our first 10 games and haven't done for the last three or four seasons. So, eventually, things may click, but it's, it's, it's when and how long can you wait for it to click. So we could be playing you at the uh, at the right time of the season, then hopefully. And it's going to be two different styles as well, isn't it? You're very much possession based. We are very much the opposite. So uh, that's going to be the clash of the styles there on Saturday. Yeah, and it's one of these things that an easy criticism of us is that we can't do it against sides who play a bit more direct or a bit more kind of up matten. So Wickham is your staple example in League One. But sometimes we'll suddenly turn it on and, if, you know, if we score early goals against sides who mix it up a bit, generally we tend to go on to win the game. But the longer a game stays at nil-nil, especially at home, there'll be a bit of frustration. Um, and it's one of those games that we've, we've also seen over the past few seasons that we can, you know, lose one nil on the counter-attack or, or struggle to a goalless draw. So, yes, it's a clash of styles, but it really can go kind of, one of two ways for Broxford and that is just typical of us as a side over the past few seasons. Well, in terms of our play, we conceded far too many goals last season and under Derek Adams, one of the areas where he has tried to tighten up is is being tighter at the back and obviously being a lot more solid and secure in mm. the back four. So I imagine it will be very much the case of we will try and frustrate you try and make it very hard for you to break us down. We'll be very happy with you passing it around the back four or in the midfield all day long, as long as you're not going anywhere with it. You can have 75, 80% possession. That won't bother us. But then we'll try and hit you on the break and hopefully create some some good opportunities to do so. Yeah, and I, I think we, we, we do see that, especially at the past time, we do see five come and do that kind of sit in and frustrate. Um it really depends what mood we're in, I think, because we do have the ability to really break teams open and drag teams about. But 
a reasonable amount of pace and attacking options, but there are some weeks where, for whatever reason, it just doesn't click. And I think again, that's you know the style, the style we try to play. You're going to get that some weeks. And um, as I say, the longer the longer teams, like Sam, hold it nil nil, I think they gain more confidence. Our crowd gets a bit edgy, and you've got that kind of perfect storm. Um, for a counter, you know, counter attacking goal or a mistake or whatever it might be. Um, obviously, we've got Lincoln tomorrow night. I think they'll come and play a little bit. I think their new manager likes to play a little bit. So, actually, if, if we were to win tomorrow night, we'd probably be a lot more confidence for Saturday. But if we don't win tomorrow night, Saturday becomes massive because you're suddenly looking at maybe one win from your first four and everyone's going all more than you know, what's the aim this year. So a Carl Robinson, Oxford United then. Jack, tell us everything we need to know. Style, we've touched on the style formation and, and players to watch. What do we need to know? So um, we play the style of basically pull back the ball to get forward, which then leaves kind of gaps in behind. Um, and we, we have been punished by that quite a lot um, over the last couple of seasons in particular. We've got a whole multitude of options at the top of the pitch. So generally, it'll be Matty Taylor as the central striker. Um, but we have brought in another striker now from Swansea, Carl Joseph. So we might see a two up front, potentially, which is something we did at the back end of last season when we had Sam Baldock um, fit and available. And we looked a really good side playing a two, someone playing off Taylor in a bit of a partnership. Um, Baldock's injured, so I believe. So um, I think that's why Joseph's come in. Um, but yeah, generally we'll, we'll get the ball down. We try and play quick attacking football and get the kind of flank players involved. So we've got Marcus Brown on the top of the pitch. You can play centrally as a number ten. You can play out wide. And then we've got players like Billy Bowden, James Henry. who like to get on the ball and attempt to create things. And I suppose our, our standout players is, is Cameron Brannigan. He on Saturday at Bristol Rovers kind of sat in a two in front of the back four, but has the ability to play a bit further up. He can be box-to-box. Box. He can be a playmaker. Um, he's got a bit of grit about him. He can pass. You know, he, he's a standout man. And getting him to sign a new contract and turn on Blackpool um, during this window has been arguably one of our best bits of business. Um, so, yeah, we, you never know what you're going to get. We've got the ability to, you know, really take it to teams and score two or three goals. But equally, if we're not capitalising on early possession or early chances, the nervousness will, will set in. Cameron Brannigan, Jack, was uh, quite the saga, wasn't it, over uh, over the transfer window? He was off, then he was not going, then he was going again, then he wasn't going. I think one point he was even actually at Bloomfield Road ready to, ready to do his welcome interview with the media team. And then at the very last moment, for whatever whatever may have taken place, he, he got to, got turned down and, and and signed a new contract with you guys. So you must be delighted that you've kept hold of one of your star men. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the saga has been running for two years, probably. And um, he had a a release clause in his previous contract that Blackpool kept not meeting for two or three windows. There was a bit of politics last January when they recalled the player Jordan Thornley from us who was on loan, and that, that was seen as a bit of an attempt to um, rile us up a bit, I think. Um, but yeah, out, out of the blue, really, this window, they came in with the, the bid that hit the release clause, and he, yeah, you're right, he, he was at Bluefield Road, he'd done his kind of preliminary discussions, and um, it, it sounds like we kind of 
managed to pull together a contract and presented it to him. And since since signing, um, his agent kind of came out and said, "There's a lot to be said about players being happy." And you know, money is one thing, but actually, if a player is happy at a club and he's settled, and um, there's a lot to be said for that. And I think Brannigan is probably not your, quite your modern footballer in that he's had two or three opportunities now to go to the championship, but each time he has saved. And I think you know, there is a lot to be said for a player playing 35 40 k the season, a club he, he clearly likes because he's entering his probably fourth or fifth season with us now. And that's quite refreshing in the modern game because it it doesn't happen very often. So where can we hurt you then? Jack was spoken about how you play and your formation and your style. I've no idea what our attacking options are going to be. We're speaking now on on Monday lunchtime. I don't know if there's going to be any outgoings from the club in the next day or, or several. So it remains to be seen who we'll have in the squad come the weekend. But how can we hurt you? Where are your weaknesses? Um, I think the, the style we play with the kind of gung-ho full-backs means that there's definitely space in behind the full-backs um, because if they're halfway up the pitch then they're not where they kind of should be in a defensive position. Um, we got done with a bit of a... It was a set... Well, a, a goal off a set-piece at Rovers on Saturday and John Marquis kind of letting on a bit, bit of clever play but it was a bit direct and Marquis being the kind of type of striker he is you know, got to the ball first kind of thing. So I know there's all rumours about Cole Stockton at the moment, but he's the kind of player that we wouldn't fancy playing against. Mm. Um, albeit our two centre-backs now are maybe much more physical than, than, than they were last season. Um, I think really it's about it's about stopping this play and stopping those flair players, getting them a bit wound up. Someone like Marcus Brown has a tendency to get a bit riled up if things aren't going his way. Um, stop Brannigan, I suppose, as well. So, you know, nothing I'm saying is kind of secret. I think lots, lots of teams know what, what the recipe is to stop Oxford, and it's very much how well that first 10, 15 minutes go if we can get a foothold in the game and get them targets. And then I'd certainly be pushed to go on, but if, if he gets a bit nervy and players are getting frustrated, um, it can become the kind of game that we don't want to be involved in. So, It'll be interesting. Home games are always interesting with the style that we play because it's very much about the opposition trying to stop us. Jack, fascinating chat. Thanks so much for your time. Before you go, uh, let's have a couple of predictions then. Uh, Firstly, the game on Saturday and, more importantly, I suppose, is this going to be the season where you get out of League One? Can you get into that top six? Because looking at the makeup of the league this season, it seems even tougher than it was last season. Yeah, on our, on our podcast kind of predictions, I've said we'll fall just short and that's kind of based on our transfer activity so far. I still think we need a couple more players, so maybe on August 31st, September the 1st, I might be a bit more kind of, yeah, we'll be in the top six, but at the minute I don't think we've got quite enough um, to, to be. So as for Saturday, who knows at the minute? I mean, we're very lucky from Saturday. You know, it's been a classic start to a Carlton Oxford season so far. Um, I'd love to say, oh yeah, we'll go win three 0 four 0 but I think it'll be quite nervy. I think tomorrow's game against Lincoln will go a long way to deciding how much pressure is on Saturday. I always back us at home though, so I'll say we'll win two 0 on Saturday. 
Well, I hope, sincerely hope you're wrong there, Jack. And <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for talking to us. Once uh, more before you go, give us the, the plug and everything we need to know about the Tamana podcast. Yeah, so we're in Tip Manor Podcast. We're on Twitter. I think it's T underscore Manor Podcast. Um, we're on all the usual podcast um, databases, if you like. And uh, yeah, have a listen. We'll be, we are due to record this week, so we'll have a bit of a preview of the Morecambe game. Um, and yeah. Certainly look forward to that. Jack, thanks so much for your time once more. And uh, good luck for the rest of the season, of course, um, after Saturday. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. A massive thanks to Jack from the Manor podcast to uh, give us the full insight on Carl Robinson's men ahead of our trip to the Kassam Stadium. Oxford United, the opponents for Derek Adams Shrimps this coming Saturday. And of course, full match commentary as ever. Join us on Shrimps Live from 2.45. We'll be on 103.5 and 107.5 FM, DAB Plus Digital Radio. And you can also listen or watch via iFollow Shrimps as well. The fabulous Matt Horton looking after you on Saturday uh, whilst I'm on my jollies and he'll be joined as ever by Matt Smith from the Shrimps Media Team. The Shrimps Verdict podcast will be available as normal after the game as well so we look forward to your company then and uh, thanks for downloading and listening to this episode. We'll talk to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.